Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of Love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, this Sunday we enter, once again, into ordinary time. We've completed the sacred seasons of Advent and Christmas, We're still many weeks away from Lent and Easter. So, for the time being, we rest, we relax a bit, and we embrace the ordinary work of the church. What is this work? A very, very good indication is given in the simple command that Mary gives to the stewards in the Gospel for today. It's that inexhaustibly rich story of the wedding feast at Cana. The last words that Mary speaks in the Bible are these. Do whatever he tells you. There's the ordinary task of the Christian. Obey Christ. Do his work. Follow his will. And what what happens? When we do that, Christ is able to transform water into wine. See the water here as the ordinary words and gestures and acts of our lives. The ordinary things we do every day. But if we obey Him, we listen to Him, follow His will, He will find a way to transfigure and transform those ordinary things into something beautiful and uplifting and intoxicating. There's the message. The trouble is, we follow our own plans, our own little projects, our own desires. The water remains water. Plain, ordinary, insipid. Bring it to Him. Obey Him. And the ordinary becomes extraordinary. I just wanted a glance at the gospel because I've talked about it often to you before. And I want to turn my glance in a steadier way toward our wonderful second reading. Taken from the 12th chapter of Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Can I urge you Christians, pick up your Bibles and read Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. It's the second of Paul's letters just after Romans in the Bible. It is so rich. It's Paul talking, very frankly, practically often, to this church in Corinth that he had founded. The words apply just as richly and fully to us today. Perhaps the abiding concern of Paul, as he writes to the church at Corinth, was unity. Oh, it was bothering him immensely that the Corinthian church was divided. You see it on practically every page of that letter. It breaks his heart that there are divisions in the church. Now, it should give us a certain sense of peace, I think, that what we experience today 
a church often divided into factions? Well, that's as old as the hills. That goes right back to biblical times. But Paul was giving them very direct instruction as to how to overcome these divisions. He tells them, for example, of that metaphor of the body. The one body composed of the many parts. So that's the church at its best. How can the eye say to the hand, I don't need you? How can the hand say to the foot, I don't need you? Well, no, we're all needed in our variety as members of the one body. But in our reading for today, from chapter 12, he speaks of the one Spirit and the many gifts. It's so good. The one Spirit of Christ, which nevertheless gives a variety of gifts. The idea is, all those gifts which flow from the one Spirit are meant to serve the one Spirit. And that's how we find our unity. We're different, yes, in all kinds of ways. Different even spiritually, sure, given different gifts. But they're all meant to serve the same Spirit. Here's how Paul puts it. To each individual, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for some benefit. That's how it works. Now he begins to enumerate the gifts. Listen. To one is given the expression of wisdom. To another, the expression of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. Every baptized person listening to me today has got one of these spiritual gifts. That's an assumption of Paul. It's an assumption of the church. When you're baptized and you're drawn into the divine life, you're given something. You're given a gift for the benefit of the church. Well, it might be wisdom. What's that? Wisdom is, as Thomas Aquinas said, the view from the hilltop. To be wise is to see the world from the standpoint of the highest cause, from the standpoint of God. Do you have that capacity? Some people do. They have it very easily, very effortlessly. They see the world from the standpoint of God. If you do, that's a gift. What are you meant to do with it? Savor it? Hang on to it? Contemplate it? No, no, no. If you've got it, you're meant to use it for the sake of the church. If you are wise, share that wisdom with those around you. Help them see their lives properly. That wisdom is meant to flow down to others from you. To another, the expression of knowledge is given according to the same Spirit. Are you knowledgeable in science, math, chemistry, sports, philosophy? If you are, that's a gift. Your knowledge has been given to you by the Holy Spirit. How come? Get a good job, make a lot of money, show off. No, not ultimately. You've been given those gifts of knowledge that you might use them to benefit the community. Think about that now. Think about that. If you're someone gifted with knowledge, how are you using it? If not for the upbuilding of the church, for the upbuilding of the people of God, you're not using it right. 
How can you put that gift to the service of the church? That's the question to raise. Paul goes on. To another, faith is given by the same Spirit. Faith in God, faith in Christ, that's a gift. Thomas Aquinas said, Faith is the door that gives access to the whole riches of the divine life. It's true, isn't it? If you have faith, then you can participate in the liturgy. You have faith, you can study theology. You have faith, you can access the sacraments. You have faith, you can study and benefit from the lives of the saints. You have faith, then you can engage in the works of love. You have faith, then you have hope. You see, but if you take away faith, you take away all those other things. You take away faith, you live your life in kind of a flat way, preoccupied with the things of this world. Ah, what a gift that is. What a gift that is. So you've been given faith. What should you do? Give it away. Give it away for the benefit of the church. Are there people right now languishing outside the divine life because you have not been there to share your faith with them? Yes. Yes. See, friends, always think of the spiritual gifts that way. You've been given those gifts that you might give them away for others. There are people who will be given access to the divine life precisely through your faith. Therefore, share it. Speak it. Do you teach? Let's say you're a person of faith. Do you teach in your parish? Let's say you're a person of faith. Do you evangelize? Do you let people know about it? Do you announce it? Do you catechize? Do you teach kids? Do you defend the faith? Do you help to explain it to others? Do you work with kids and adults? In all these ways, you are sharing this gift. Ask yourself that question. Why has God given me faith? That I might get into the divine life? Sure. But more deeply, that I might become a means by which lots of other people have access to the divine life. Paul goes on, to another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. Gifts of healing. Extraordinary, isn't it? Some people, I think, up and down the centuries to this day, some people in the church, do indeed have this gift of physical healing. Now, mind you, count me suspicious when it comes to those who are on TV with this gift. You know, those who are making a lot of money because of this gift. I am a little bit suspicious of them. But count me deeply appreciative of those dedicated souls who do have this charism of physical healing and who use it generously. There are those people in the church. But I wonder if we can construe this gift a bit more broadly. If you see it along psychological and spiritual lines, I think there are a lot of people in the church who've been given the gift of psychological and spiritual healing. You know, people who just kind of naturally bring calm and peace, 
who can soothe inner turmoil, who can calm troubled psyches and souls. I've known a lot of people like that. If you got that, it's a gift. It's a gift. You're meant to share it. How do you share it? How have you functioned as a healer to those around you? Finally, Paul says, to another discernment of spirits. That's a fascinating gift, I think. The discernment of spirits. Perhaps as I've been going through this list from Paul, you say, no, I, I don't have any of those in great, in great intent, to the great extent. I don't have these remarkable gifts. But maybe the gift you have is to discern the Spirit at work in others. And that is no small thing. You know, even psychologically it's often true that another person can see a truth about me that I can't see. Another person has a kind of objectivity about me that I don't have, and so he can tell me what's going on in me. So in the spiritual order, there might be all kinds of ways that God is acting in a person's life, but he can't see it. But you can. A very concrete example of this. Maybe a kid has a vocation to the priesthood or religious life, but he can't see it. But you can. You can discern the movement of the Spirit in him. What do you do now if you got that gift? Share it. Use it. Act on it. Give it away. Help people see what the Spirit's doing. So friends, what do we do during ordinary time? We discern these gifts of the Holy Spirit. Determine what the Lord has given to us. And then we act. Then we use these gifts for the upbuilding of the church. That's a good meditation for ordinary time. And God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.